0: Welcome to In the Studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepard, and we have a really lovely program ahead of us here today, Michael. A lot of bits and pieces that we're going to put together for you. Yeah, you know, we took a nine-year hiatus from recording this program, mm-hmm. so we're going to kind of blend some of the old with the new mm-hmm. here today. Uh, we have some unfinished business in the book of John.
1: Yeah, we're going to revisit uh, uh, some passages that we we didn't uh, we didn't cover. Well, we did cover them back then, but we never broadcast
0: those programs. Right. We so, ended abruptly and never yes. got to uh, to study John 17. So we're going to return to that recording. Yeah, we're going to look at the prayer life of Jesus. We sound younger, don't we? When... We do. And those <laughs> our voices are higher. They're lower now. We're older, nine years Maybe old. Maybe it was but... just a bad day or something. I don't know. But we're, <laughs> we're just going to let it out there for listeners to hear, and you can make your own judgment on that. I do want to explain that after uh, we study John 17 here in a moment, we're going to hear some very special music mm-hmm. because it was recorded on location on one of your trips to Israel. Yeah, one
1: of them, uh, I think Jesus let us come to know you, was a campfire by the Sea of Galilee. And that was, uh, so you'll hear people, you know, uh, singing or basically singing around the
0: campfire. Okay, well, I got to stop you, Ray. Right what is it like to sit around a campfire on the shore of it's, the Sea of Galilee? Well,
1: it's very cool. The reason we go there is I, I tell people we're not going to collect chill bumps. We're not chill bump collectors. <laughs> yeah. But what we're going to do is is collect sense memories. So, uh, and you know, Jesus and his disciples spent a lot of time on the shore mm-hmm. and must have had, bon- well, we know of John no, 21, yeah, right, we know of yeah. a the bonfire there. Charcoal fire. Yeah, sure. so um, uh, it's it really is that. It's, it's to have a sense of uh, what it's like to be onto that lake. You hear the jackals sometimes so that we're part of his world. You hear all kinds of uh, night noises. <laughs> and, and just the fact that there's a group of us there together singing, uh, they must have sung together. So uh yeah it's it's a special time.
0: Yeah. Well that's coming up a bit later. Again, it will follow our study of John 17 here. Uh, Jesus let us come to know you. And then a second song you're going to sing. Mm-hmm. Actually tell the story. You're going to tell the story of uh, this is my father's world.
2: Yeah,
1: this is my, and I have big plans for this song. We we have plans uh, later on this year to record this with a big orchestra and we want to do the definitive version oh, good. of this is my father's world, which is I think uh, one of my favorite hymns, but it contains, in my opinion, the the second greatest hymn line of all hymnody. Yeah, in the rustling grass, I hear Him pass. It's just a line. Since I was a little kid, I always loved that line. You know what the greatest line in all hymnody is? No. Hearts unfold like flowers, flowers before, before Thee. Yeah. yeah,
0: I love that line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you are a songwriter, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's coming up. That study of John 17, followed by, by those very special, realistic moments on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, yes. as as the group sing along with you on those yeah. songs. We're going to hear you'll that.
1: hear them, as, and they're wonderful singers. We have we have uh, a lot of
0: uh, uh, great singers that go with us. Well, that's all ahead in the first half of our show today. In the second half. We have an Army chaplain who will join us, and you had a very special time in Alaska recently with him. I did. I've
1: known uh, Gregory Thogmartin for a number of years. I knew him when he was at uh, uh, Fort Knox, and we we first got to be friends. And um, I've sort of followed him around as as he's been assigned to different— different uh,
0: bases and he's now in Alaska and I was just there about a month ago we'll talk with him and talk about your trip coming up in the he's a precious man second half of the program our listeners can reach us reminder at michaelcard.com that's our website or email in the studio at michaelcard.com we're on Facebook we couldn't say that back when we first started recording this program many years ago, mm-hmm. but we have Facebook now, yes. so that's uh, Facebook.com/slash/MichaelCardMusic. And let me ask you this: If
1: they want to, of course, if they want to listen to this, they're listening to it, so they've already figured this out. But I mean,
0: how how do you find the the actual recording? Is there an app, or is there a? You can use podcast apps, or okay. you can go to iTunes and subscribe.
2: Ah, okay. go to
0: iTunes under Podcasts, look for In the Studio with Michael Card, and hit the subscribe button, and, and... then you'll automatically get each. Each one it'll as, just as it's released. come up on your phone? Or? It'll, it'll come up on your computer, and if you have it tied into your phone, yes. Oh, cool. i am to try pod, that. Many podcast apps will do the same thing. So. And it's free? Happy to take you to school on this stuff, I Michael. would love for you to show me that stuff. <laughs>
1: okay. I need the young people to me We'll have a tutorial
0: sometime here yeah. on the program. How Thank about you. that? All right. Well, we begin, before we get into John 17, with Michael's song recorded in the studio. This goes back a few years, though. Scattered Strangers. We are...
1: Scattered strangers We are one And we are free Though we have broken faith and divided We are one family It's time we weep together For the time we've been apart For our hatred of each other For our stubborn hearts For the prisoner we've forgotten In a foreign land If we could weep their tears Then maybe we'd finally understand We are not scattered strangers We are one and we are free Though we have broken faith and divine We are one family When He cried out to the Father On bended knee In the garden where He pleaded For our unity As He cried out from the cross That it finally was done Tell me, is that not enough? us to become one. We are not scattered strangers. We are one and we are free. Though we have broken faith and divided, we are one family.
0: Well, Michael, our continuing study in the book of John, the high priestly prayer of Jesus.
1: Yeah, and, and I think of it in terms of uh, this, this is Jesus' most personal word to the Father. Uh, if you really want to know a person, listen to them pray. I learned that with, uh, from the Envy Hands brothers. I mean, you hear somebody pray, uh, and John uh, obviously overheard this prayer. And, you know, we don't hear Jesus praying. We know that he prayed a lot, but yeah. we don't have a lot of his prayers right. really recorded and so here uh, we have John's um, uh, listening in, as it were, uh, to Jesus' intimate word, where Jesus prays for himself first, then he prays for the disciples, but then he prays for all who would in the future believe in it's him. It's us. And that I can remember being a little boy and reading this and being so excited that Jesus thought about me.
0: Did John hear him pray this?
1: I think he must have. That's how he knows. I mean, he's an, an eyewitness or a, an ear witness anyway. He's, <laughs> he's there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he remembers... Uh, that that that
0: Jesus prayed these these words. Well, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted his eyes to heaven and said. Yeah. So it's like a continuation. He's teaching. Now he's praying.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, and and once again, remember the context. Uh, there's grief. The disciples are confused. Jesus has been repeating things. This is not a calm Sunday school lesson. As he sort of walks along, he knows he's going to be arrested. This is his last time with them. He's preparing them for. Uh, you know, what's what's about to happen. And uh, and so now Jesus goes to prayer, uh, Father, the time has come. Now uh, in John, again and again and again, we saw his time had not yet come, his time had not yet come. And then now all of a sudden it's come and uh, the, the cross is just around the corner. And what we're going to see here uh, of all the things that Preoccupied, Jesus' mind, and I, 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 I love seeing the way his mind works. That's a, I think that's a, a way to approach these, uh, these uh, last words of Jesus. He's, he's preoccupied with glory. I mean, just circle the number of times the word glory comes. Man, look at that. Now he's, he's about to face this shame and humiliation, and so what is his mind fixed on? Glory. So he says, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. The distinction between giving and receiving really disappears within the context of their, their relationship. So if you glorify your son, that's going to glorify you. Um, For you granted him authority over all men that he might give eternal life to all those you have given to him. And here's Je- Jesus' definition of eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you. To know God is eternal life. The only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And here's some more glory. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And we must assume that he did that perfectly because Jesus is perfect. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. That Jesus has always been present with the Father. That's Proverbs 8, uh, that whole long passage about this pre-incarnate Word who's always been with the Father. Mm -hmm. And Colossians, too. Yeah, and isn't and, and and, and, and it interesting that this remembrance of uh, this pre-human glory gives Jesus courage at this point? You know, I was I was with you. I did share in this glory. And so now he prays for the disciples. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you." And Jesus is going to repeat this in almost every chapter of John. The idea, this is these aren't my words; they're the Father's
0: words. I speak this, on the Father's authority. Yeah, he mm-hmm. is.
1: He is always pointing away from himself and to the Father. And so, what these disciples have come to understand now, everything that that you have given me, that is the words that 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 Jesus has spoken. Uh, that they have come from you, for I gave them the words. There, there it is. For I gave them the words that you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. Here he is praying for the disciples. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory, there it comes again. Mm -hmm. And glory has come to me through them. I have a little note in my margin that says, Is that so in my case? Has glory come to Jesus Mm -hmm. through me? Have I, you know, it's a good encouragement. Mm I will remain no longer in the world, but they are still in the world. Now listen to the concern in his voice as he speaks these words. I'm no longer in the world, but they are still in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was in the world, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None of them has been lost except the son of hell so that the scripture would be fulfilled. It's sort of a play on words there. I'm not so sure son of hell is a good translation. Like a son of destruction. Yeah, I, I, I translate it, none of them has perished except the son of perishing. That's a little more literal. So is that Judas? That's Judas, yeah. This confirms that Judas was lost. Some people like to argue about that. Uh-huh. I think it's clear. Ju- uh-huh. Judas made the choice to betray Jesus, right. and, and he's lost. Um, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. See, I'm saying these things so that that John, who is listening in, can can remember and 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 again his desire that we know not simply joy but his joy, the Father's joy, that my joy may w- be within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. See, he's already talked about that, and he's repeating himself. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them, and that really means to set them apart from the world. Don't take them out of the world, but set them apart. It's a really important distinction. Sanctify them, set them apart by, your tr- by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For I sanctify myself, that is, I set myself apart, that they too may be truly set apart or sanctified. In all things, we are one with Jesus. We are set apart, um, and he perfectly
0: prepares us for ministry with those words. I just have to stop again remind myself what is actually happening here is Jesus is praying for me. Yeah. And for all those who would follow him. Well,
1: that, that, that specific block is coming up. But I, I think when, he, when he's talking about the disciples in general, I think, yeah, that applies to us. He's, mm-hmm. he's praying that we would be set apart, mm-hmm. not taken out. It's a, again, it's an yeah. important distinction. Right. We're not supposed to be out of the world, but we are set apart. We are sanctified. And that, that, that term is used of, of objects in the temple that, were, that had a special purpose. They were set aside for a special purpose. Well, he says, I've sent them into the world. Right, so it's a it's a missional thing. You yeah, know? Absolutely, absolutely, and but here comes the, the favorite part for us, Wayne. This this uh, where where he turns and thinks about you and me, and perhaps the people that are listening on the radio. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will, will believe in me through their message, and that's us. That Jesus, facing all he was about to face, had his heart set on us uh, is pretty special. That all of them may be one. There's this idea of oneness that he repeats a lot. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. See, he's already done it. Mm -hmm. He, He has given us this glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Now, um what I like to say uh Wayne is that in in this uh in this prayer in the garden of Gethsemane, one of the last things Jesus prays for is unity, that we may be one. Will it ever happen? Well, my way of looking at it is we are one. It it in, in 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 a spirit, the spiritual reality is we are one. Everyone who has confessed Jesus as their Savior, no matter what flavor <laughs> denomination, we are one. And the the great um, um, tragedy. Is that we live in
0: denial of that oneness? Yeah, I was going to say we we have our own way of looking at that. Yeah,
1: but, yeah, and but, but I in think, God's eyes, yeah, and I think what you say is is the way most people approach it. Gee, I wish we could be one. Well, I think the great tragedy is we are one and don't realize. it. Right. I mean, is Jesus, is 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 God going to deny Jesus what he asked for? Practically <laughs> the last thing. No, make them one. Thought of it that way before. Right. We. But so so I believe. I mean, I, I'm definitely open to dis- <laughs> to discuss this. But I believe we, you know His Spirit that He has just been asking. for, for and talking about, is in us. We are one. You know, we are brothers and sisters, those who claim Christ as their Savior. We are one. And the great tragedy is uh, we we live in den- denial of that, and it must break God's heart. And then the closings, almost sort of benediction. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. There's glory again. See how he's thinking mm-hmm. about it? The glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. And there's that pre-incarnation existence of Jesus that's uh, referred uh, referred to again. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have revealed you to them and will continue to make you known by the Spirit in order that the love you have for me may be theirs and that I myself May be in them, and that's the Holy Spirit's presence. Yes, and Jesus, let us come to know you, and let us see you
2: face to face.
1: Touch us, hold us, use us, mold us only. let me let me play this for you. Um, we were in uh, Ireland, and my daughter went with us, Maggie. And we had a day off, and we uh, walked around this garden. It was about I don't know a 200 100, year old garden. Rhododendron trees that were you know fifty feet tall and blooming and all gorgeous. And I'm not a that Singing hymns as I walk along, kind of guy. That's not my mean, I'm not that person. But I started singing. This is my father's world. You, you know that song. And Dad, um, she, she goes, Dad. You know, is that one of yours? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. She never heard it. And uh, so I taught her this. This is my father's world. I got interested in the song and went home and looked at, looked it up. The, the the writer of the lyric. Interestingly enough, the the man who wrote the music never wanted his name cited, and so on old copies it'll say anonymous. But later they found out his name, and it begins with an S. You'll see in, in newer editions of it the, the the guy that wrote the music is listed, but he didn't want it that way, which I think is also really cool. But the guy who wrote the lyric is this phenomenal person named Maltby Babcock, Maltby Babcock, and he was this remarkable man. He was not a songwriter, he was not really even a poet. Uh, uh, He was a uh, pastor and he was sort of the pastor's pastor in his day. Um, And every day he wrote a letter back, reporting back to his deacons everything that he experienced. On the way back, uh, he, had, he and his wife had lost two children, and he had suffered with depression, but on the way back from Israel, he committed suicide. And I, when I read that, I just, almost, I mean, even now to think about it, I just almost weep. This sweet man whose sermon, who was known for engaging with Scripture, you know, the way we we appreciate, you know, with his imagination. And uh, on the island of Cyprus, he, he took poison and slit his wrist. So it was very gruesome. But then I listened to the words of this song again, you know, this is my father's world, why should my heart be sad? So even there, there's, there's a few little hints of it, um, you know, that the world really isn't the way it should be. And uh, so there, there was one, at one point in the lyric, he asked, why should my heart be sad? And in the original song, uh, and I'm a songwriter because I understand this. The original answer is kind of a throwaway line. Uh, Jesus is King. Let the heavens ring and earth and something be glad. I mean, it's just it's. He doesn't answer his question, so I fixed that part. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure he doesn't mind, right? I'm sure he doesn't mind. But um, but you you know this. And also, I I found the full text of it, and there was a verse I'd never heard. Some some of the groups have known this verse and have sung it, but I'd never heard. Uh, I walked the desert alone in a bush ablaze to my wondering gaze. But for a while, he and his wife lived uh, close to the Niagara River, and he would take walks and he would tell his wife, I'm gonna go out and look at my father's world, so, you know. My father. The birds their carols raise. The birds
2: their carols raise.
1: The morning light, the lily white, declare their may. He shines in all his fair. This is my
2: Father's world. He
1: shines in all his Best time. line right here. In the rustling grass I can hear him pass He speaks to me everywhere this is my father's world Oh let me never forget though the wrong that though the wrong seems false, awesome, so strong God is, is the ruler why should my heart be sad why this is my father's
2: world
1: why should my heart be sad? Here's why I fixed it he is just and kind he is love defined his grace all the hope
2: that I have is my father?
1: I walk a desert alone. I walk the desert alone <coughs> in a bush In <coughs> a bush place to my wondering gaze. God makes his glory known. This is my father's world. I'll matters not his heart is still my home his heart is still my
0: That audio gives us just a glimpse of what it's like to be in Israel with you, Michael Card. So it's a little, it's a little bit rough. Yeah, but, but you know what? It's just real. Yeah, and uh, you know, we were talking about John 17 and Jesus' call for unity among the brothers and sisters, yeah. and I'm, I'm thinking about the brothers and sisters with you in Israel. There's, there's unity there, isn't there?
1: And, and, and it's really been amazing to me how close we get. We're ten days together, and we pray together, and we have meal fellowship together. Of course, we experience these, you know, wonderful things together from Jesus' life. And, boy, people, you know, email and text each other and go, go to each other's houses and visit. When the, when the trip is over. Yes. And then and so many people wanted to go again. Uh, we had to come up with different content for a second trip because people, <laughs> we call them reunion tours. They okay. want to go back and hang out together again. I
0: have friends who have, I haven't done it yet, but I have uh-huh. friends who have gone with you. and uh-huh. they That's what they tell me. That, yeah. That's the exact thing that you're saying. Well, so. the last thing I want to do is is to be a
1: promoter of an Israel tour. <laughs> I know, I know. But um, it really... It really is a special time. And now for me, of course, I've, I've been there a number of times and I've seen all the sites. So the fun thing for me is to get to see people see the Sea of Galilee for the first time
0: or to see, you know, these different parts of Jesus I world. I understand that. Yeah. I really do. And you provide time for meditation each day. So, I mean, describe one of those moments and where you are and what's, what's happening.
1: Well, I was there several times doing videos uh, and I saw tours come and go. And decided very quickly. Well, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't have 200 people on three buses. All right, get would... back
0: on the bus now. And let's go to where right. next. We stop. don't. Yeah. We
1: don't have time for you to stay here in Capernaum or so. So we have uh, no more than 30 people. We we uh, in one site each day. We just leave people, and sometimes it's in the Judean wilderness. Sometimes it may be a Capernaum, but it'll it'll be a place to
0: sort of gather your your thoughts. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. If you'd like more information about that and everything else we talk about on the program, please go to our website, michaelcard.com. Now, we have a Facebook page, and I love that because it means now that listeners can interact with each other. Yeah, if you have suggestions about things you want to hear, you please. know. yeah. Yeah. Go to facebook.com and then slash michaelcardmusic.com. And you'll find us there easily, facebook.com slash michaelcardmusic. Now coming up, we're going to hear from Michael again. He's going to sing a couple of songs for us, Basin and Towel coming up, Never Will I Leave You. And a guest will join us in the second half of our program in the studio with Michael Card. We are back in the studio with Michael Card. and Wayne Shepard. Coming up, Army Chaplain Gregory Thogmartin will join us. Michael was with him in Alaska recently. Michael, this song, Basin and Towel, this is a favorite of many. I hear this from people all the time. So let's play it now, recorded years ago in the studio here. Basin and Towel.
1: When we think about uh, uh, the ministry of washing feet, of caring for people's souls, uh, of loving people by listening to them, uh, one of the best examples I have is a friend of mine who's a, a, a military chaplain. I first knew him uh, in Fort Knox, uh, but uh, the last time we were together was uh, up up in Alaska.
0: Yeah, you put on Facebook to, for us to pray for you when you're up in Alaska, and yeah. I and many other people were praying as you took that trip.
1: Yeah, thank you. And we, we, we had a great time together, uh, and and we have the privilege of having him uh, on the line with us uh, right now, uh, Gregory Thogmartin, a good friend, a good brother. Hi, Greg.
0: Hi, Michael. So good to talk to you. All
1: the Let's way see. from
0: Alaska.
3: Yes, sir. It's good to be on the line with
0: you guys. Yeah, good. Well, tell me, uh, you met Mike while at Fort Knox. Yes, I think you said Mike. Um, w- what brought you together in the first place, Greg?
3: Well, I've been a fan of Michael's for a long time, and as a as a pastor, late '80s up through the well, through most of the '90s, I read a lot of his stuff, and especially the book The Promise really meant a lot to me back then. So. <laughs> The whole time I'd been in the chaplain corps, I'd always thought it would be cool, especially when we were stationed either at Leonard Wood or Knox or someplace there in the Midwest. It'd really be neat if I could reach out and get him to come do an event.
0: Oh, you could never get Michael Card, right?
3: <laughs> well, that's, but at the same time, I was kind of thinking that. And then uh, I had an event that I was responsible for, and a um, uh, big prayer breakfast we were going to do, and it um, the speaker that we had planned all of a sudden bailed on us. We were about 90 days out from doing the event. And so I went online there to michaelcard.com com and uh contact at Harvest Productions and um Anyway, about two days later, I get this email saying Michael would love to come. That's and that how it was works. The start, of, start of our face to face friendship.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's when I learned that the real gold in Fort Knox isn't in the vault, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's those men and women who are up there serving, uh, giving their lives for our country.
0: Oh, true. You've been practicing that line, though, haven't yeah, I know, you? Yeah, I know. I know. A, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Greg has heard it all.
1: <laughs> yes. For
3: a while, a time or two. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so t- tell me more about what went on there at Fort Knox, and we'll talk about Alaska.
3: Okay, well, so in uh, so 2013, Michael Kamen did an event for us at Fort Knox. We did a prayer breakfast for U.S. Army Cadet Command, um, and it was it was just such a beautiful event. Um, I think we sang. Michael had, Michael shared two songs with us as part of the breakfast, and one was "Come Lift Up Your Sorrows," and the other was oh, "Emmanuel." No. But drew drew the you know the folks that were there for the breakfast into singing the choruses with him, and he talked some about lament. Uh, told us a little bit about this, his own family's military background as far as his grandfather having been a World War I chaplain and his dad being a Navy uh, doctor that supported the Marines in World War II and in Korea. But there was just a tremendous connection that morning, and that's what I mean by it being a beautiful event. It, uh, I don't think anybody walked out of that room just, just quite the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, So anyway, based on that, we had talked a little bit about the biblical imagination uh, material, while he was there he had just finished the text of the Gospel of John commentary and so um, we waited a few months and then my senior chaplain and I drove down to Franklin and spent the day with Michael so we could plan another event for Fort Knox in 2014 and at that point in time he came and did uh, a Biblical Imagination Conference on kind of a kind of a reduced scale and we didn't spend quite as many hours as what Mm -hmm. some of them are now but uh, where we did the four faces of the Gospel uh, which my uh, we had a lot. We had several people there, about about forty that attended. Um, I have a large family, so my older kids were there. They really drank deeply from the well mm-hmm. that day, mm-hmm. and um, they talk about that event to this day.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And then we did uh, a concert, and we also did a, a worship service that was based on the theme of lament. Um, and all those things went went really, really well and uh, touched people's lives. I think in ways that were deep and rich and real.
0: Mm. How do you remember it, Mike?
1: Well. I- I just remember, uh, well, especially uh, Greg's family. He's got a remarkable family, homeschool family. Um, uh, is it nine? Yes, sir. You have nine kids, and and they are um, they're incredible. We, when we were just together in Alaska, the event we used a church for the event, and the kids came in and scrubbed, and I mean scrubbed the whole church. Oh wow! Windowsills, you know, cobwebs in the corner. I mean, and just see all these kids. Joyfully working and I don't know. It's That's just, very it's, cool. It's the ideal. Love yeah. to hear that. Yeah, it was a great, great group, and so I just feel real connection with with uh, with him and with his family. And uh, his, his oldest son Levi is kind of oh. we're sort of soulmates. He's a great, great kid. So, I have a son uh, named Levi too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd like you would like uh, uh, his his Levi too is a great kid. So you know, it's just one of those things where your heart resonates together with somebody. And and I think w- one of the thing in in, in particular that that uh, that drew me uh, to Greg is his, his compassion for people that are suffering, uh, in particular in the military with uh, PTSD, which was uh, a focus of I think his ministry in in, uh, in Fort Knox, and uh, and that's what I would like to hear him talk about um, PTSD in general, and then a specific part of uh, of that illness is that what we call it, Greg. Um,
3: well at least at least a syndrome syndrome yeah you know, I think the part of the problem here is how we how we label people yes, okay, um, but when I think about post traumatic stress, and we had done some work at Knox because there we ran a chaplain candidate internship, so young men and women who were training for the chaplain corps came and spent uh, thirty nine days um each summer with us and we'd have a total of 21 and they wouldn't all have the same start date, but we focused on some things that we thought would be helpful to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Preaching skills, uh, counseling skills, uh, some issues about PTSD. Uh, But PTSD is kind of a, you know, it's it's driven by the idea there's been a traumatic event or Mm -hmm. traumatic events. And typically there are fear-based reactions Mm -hmm. to all that. Um, So, Then a couple of years later, as I'm doing some more reading in that area, I see where we begin to talk about a concept called moral injury. Mm. Moral injury, while it has some of the same symptoms, tends to look more at some place, maybe an event or a series of events, where a service member might feel like that they have either done something they failed to prevent something or maybe they've seen something and maybe not right at the time, but they've come up on something that just really violates their own moral code Mm -hmm. and it creates a wound to their soul. Um, So we've done a little bit of of work related to that up here. We've prepared some training products and we spent a lot of time talking with chaplains in Alaska about that concept and that issue. And especially how do you, how do you help people find forgiveness? Mm -hmm. And then maybe how does that forgiveness work out in their lives? Um, Cause for the moral injury piece, at least, uh, forgiveness is a huge key hmm. to being able to put put that to, to restore to health the wound that has occurred to our soul. With the idea, at the same time, that whatever our normal will be after that, it's going to be a new normal.
1: So are, are the symptoms? I'm, I'm guessing the symptoms must be different because if it's a, it's if it's something that's based on a trauma and fear uh so they there're triggers that 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 set you know that that fear back in motion again I'm thinking it must be or you tell me is it is it a different set of uh uh triggers for a moral I mean I well, just think this is a fascinating idea It is, yeah, yeah.
3: There, so there can be some real overlap I mean one, one event potentially could trigger both a PTSD response in an individual as well as create this sense of a moral injury a moral wound mm-hmm. um the, and then potentially, if that's the case, then you ha- actually have to deal with it in both ways, hmm. in order to eventually move past it and move people in some direction toward being healthy and whole again. Um, you know, with uh, what, with what the military has gone through in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, you know, the, the, we would talk about PTSD and then traumatic brain injury being the signature wounds, uh-huh. but. Now, there's some thought, the VA's done some work on this, there's a number of groups that are doing things with it, but perhaps that even below that is this concept of moral injury. And then also, one of the things maybe that complicates life, especially for service members, is the idea of traumatic loss. Mm. Um, A lot of of military members don't grieve very well, Mm. and and especially if they're downrange, they don't have time to grieve when something serious has happened. Mm. Um, But then grief that's not dealt with typically comes back to find us and So that that's another thing that's on my heart right now to be doing some work on and trying to get smart on. Well,
1: with the with the moral dimension of this, is 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 part of the cure a big part of the cure? Forgiveness, forgiving yourself, or forgiving the person who violated your morals, or do you know? I mean, do you know how that works? Or
3: well, I think part of it is coming to some point of feeling forgiven, experiencing forgiveness. So one of the ways this is playing out in in uh, on some military installations. Um, is has to do with support groups hmm. and in the context in the context of those groups and the discussions that go on military members oftentimes are affirmed or forgiven by their peers and hmm. they're in a way that they're able to accept uh, that they could not if they just stood and looked at the mirror and tried to do self-talk
0: ah hmm Greg, we're so grateful for chaplains like you. Uh, what is our role? I mean, all of us uh, at some point or another come in contact with active duty or vets uh, who may be going through something like this. What, what can we do?
3: I would hope the average person might have some idea of what some of the resources are. And if, and if that's the case then to where they could gently point people toward those resources.
1: Well, I don't think we know what the resources are. You're right. Yeah.
3: Well, so for example, in a lot of communities, larger communities at least, there would be a vets or veteran center that is separate from the VA hospital or VA medical center, and that's strictly out there for doing counseling and giving people a chance to work through their stories. That I mean, so some some of those things like that, or if there are faith-based ministries within a community that are there for veterans, but just being able to maybe say, hey, I've got this phone number, I know I know where this this group meets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in an even bigger part of that is the willingness to let people tell their stories and not, not to rush to judgment, you know, and just, just to be there as a non-judgmental listener. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the stuff that Michael's done with regard to, uh, uh, lament and the themes about lament, uh, both with the music, as well as in a couple of his books ties well into what people need in this discussion. I mean, Job's friends were doing really well as long as they just were there with him, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, But to listen and to ask questions and maybe to help people own their stories without, without judging them for what they've seen or where they've been.
0: That's very, very good. We often talk about the importance of listening, mm-hmm. how much more important in a situation like this. Yeah.
1: Well, th- Greg, do you have any... Um... I know I know without revealing any details or anything like that, anything like that, but do you have some success stories or a story that would help us to understand a specific example? I mean, can that be helpful?
3: You know I, I think for, for me at least with what the, what I've done in this area so mm-hmm. far, it has more to do uh, within the trainings that we put together than mm-hmm. how it seemed to turn the light on for some of the people that we were speaking to in those trainings who then were like, oh, now I see what my client is dealing with.
1: Ah, uh, okay. okay.
3: This makes sense, and this opens a new door for me to be able to talk to them and maybe a new way to approach them as far as both the conversation and the listening piece. Um, and then hopefully, one of the things we were hoping for with the trainings that we did up here was that we would we would open a door for a partnership between hmm. So, you know, uh, clinical social workers, uh, psychologists, but also with maybe somebody from the faith community, whether it's a pastor, a hospital chaplain, a military chaplain, um, but, but some faith-based groups, because for, for many people at least, faith is going to be the resource that they look to to find that forgiveness.
0: This is so very helpful. Uh, Greg, again, we're so grateful for you, who we'll obviously have a heart to uh, help these men and women, and uh, we've learned a lot here today i I really appreciate it on a much lighter note when we called you today and you and before we started recording you told mike that he missed an event that he came home too soon (laughs) from what what what, what did mike miss
3: (laughs) well so uh, alaska's big moose country and even here on joint base Elmendorf richardson where i where i work Uh, We have a lot of moose that come and go right around our office space. But uh, the 20th of May, roughly, is when the cows start to calve. And sure enough, there was one with a brand-new calf right behind my building this morning when I came in. And that little dude was pretty wobbly on his legs for a little while, but he's up trotting around now.
0: So. Would that be something to see, Mike? Oh man! Well,
1: we we have uh, uh, Greg and I have future plans. Uh, I'm going to come back when it's a uh, Northern Light season. Oh, okay. and uh, we're really hoping to You're see. You're called
0: to ministry at that time, <laughs>
1: specifically. Then isn't that interesting? Yeah, but but he's going to make that possible because uh, I've always wanted to see the Northern Light. So I'm looking forward to that time together again, Greg. Yeah.
3: We are looking forward to having you.
0: Yeah. How can we pray for you, Greg? As we close here.
3: Well, so I for me, it's, it's a, typically it's about strength and wisdom. Uh, you know, being with people in troubled times can really wear on you, and then just having the wisdom to be able to give them the strength to listen well and the wisdom to give them wise counsel, mm-hmm. or at least point them in a good direction. Yeah, I think is are my big concerns. Mike, would you want to pray for Greg yeah. right now?
1: Can we pray for you right now? You sure can. Yeah. Uh, Lord, I thank you for my brother. Uh, I, I thank you for all the giftedness that you've wrapped up in him, and most especially for the heart that he has for um, for training uh, men and women, uh, but also for uh, the, the men and women themselves who are who are wounded and who are struggling uh, from the the moral issues and from the fear and from uh, the trauma that they've experienced uh, in the battle on the battlefield. So I, I, I ask that you would first of all give him strength. And, uh, and, and, and and encourage his heart and instruct his mind as he finds the best solutions, the best combinations of materials and resources, and as he, uh, he loves these men and women well. I, I pray for his family, uh, for Julie, for the kids, uh, and, and, uh, and I thank you, Lord, for them and for their sacrifice, all that they've given for, for, for us and for this country. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Chaplain Gregory Thogmartin, thank you, brother. Good to talk with you.
3: Thank you, sir. appreciate your
0: time. Well, Mike, as we say goodbye to our friend here, I'm going to ask you to sing this song that was recorded in the studio here a few years ago, Never Will I Leave You.
1: Trust in me
2: Keep your life free from what the love
1: of money will do. Am I not enough for you? And never will I do that. Something I'll
2: never. True, never will I leave you. And when you fear the scars and the tears, remember what I have sworn with you through
1: the storm and never will I leave you. That's something I'll
0: You what a great promise, Michael. Uh, it's been another great time together in the studio here. What what's your word to us as we wrap things up here?
1: Well, the the theme that I see that's uh, consistent. I mean, from uh, from Greg's when we we talked to uh, our, our, our our chaplain friend uh, Greg Thogmartin, his his heart to care for uh, wounded uh, warriors mm-hmm. uh, in moral crisis and in fear crisis. And even back to the first part of the, the, the second half of the show, the basin and the towel, uh, Jesus, our servant Lord, washing our feet and caring for us and the promise, never will I leave you. It really, what I'm left with is a, a, a sense of the heart of God who, who is um, committed to uh, never leaving us, never forsaking us, his deepest desires to be with us. That's what every institution from the Garden of Eden to the tabernacle to the temple to the incarnation to the cross to, you know, revelation is all about. It's God's desire to be with us and to love us well and to uh, and heal our wounds. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's when I, I, I came away from this, this program this with, with a new appreciation for the heart of God as I see it in my friend Greg and I, as I hear it in these different scriptures that are, the songs come from.
0: Well, Lord willing, we'll do this again next week. Yes, and uh, we so appreciate people joining us on this podcast and program. But in the meantime, I mean, what do we do with what we've learned together here?
1: Well, I, I remember Brennan Manning used to say, you know, let yourself be loved by God. Hmm. You realize that that's his heart, that that is his posture towards us to wash our feet and to love us well, to never leave us and to never forsake us. So I would, I would encourage the listeners, you know, this week, let yourself be loved by God, and then, as that overflows uh, in your life, you know, look for wounded people. Look for those whose feet you can wash, whose lives you can pour pour into.
0: Yeah. And as you said earlier, when listeners have suggestions for us, we're always open to that. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Yeah. So send those to us at in the studio at Michaelcard.com. The email is the best way to get those. In the studio at Michaelcard.com. But you can also contact us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash And I hope you're telling other people about the program and how you're listening and enjoying and benefiting from the program each week. One way to do that is by leaving a review on iTunes at iTunes.com as you subscribe. Hey, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here in the studio.